Hello, and welcome to Going Off Track. Hello. What's up? Hey. Joined by Brad, Stephen, and Stephen. Look at that. Can you say it so that it sounds different? Steve. <laughs> he does a PH, Steve, which does a is PH. not really a V, but it is a nice... It's a nice indicator of how stupid the English language is. It's true. Because, you know, it's it would be Stephen because you say phone and that's a PH. But no, this time it's a V just because I have to deal with deal with this. With, did you find this with your kids when you're trying to teach them how to read? I'm infuriated, dude. It's literally like I want to start a revolution against the English language. My, I have to tell my kids, yes, that is stupid. Every night. Yeah. Every night. My, the, my kids' kindergarten teachers, bless them. They allowed the kids to, they, they allowed them to write everything phonetically. Phonetically, yeah. Phonetically. Yeah. And to the point where my daughter was like, but they still, why is there a C in city? And I'm like, do you want to know why? Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's dumb. Um, and speaking of this episode, it was recorded the same day we recorded with Steven Steven. Yes. Where we oh. talk about this topic extensively. <laughs> Did we really? Too extensively? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and yeah, and this, this episode, as, as this happens semi-regularly. Got Can we do an episode on the English language and spelling? Oh my God, please. Uh, this episode got sort of... Uh, mixed up um but uh this is an episode we wanted to do for a while it's remember that we recorded this a while ago so we're it's with jeff rickley from thursday um you may know from you know from this podcast from this podcast <laughs> me and him played in band together um he does pr stuff he contributes to the talk house jeff is um you know very very um prolific guy and we did this a while ago so this was right before the thursday reunion shows uh the reunion tour, which I went to two shows of. It was great. Was it exceptional? It was very There's, good. Oh, they never saw it. It was them with Touche Amore and Basement. And uh, so this was before that. And then they just went out with, and they, they just went out with Me Without You and did a week of dates, um, which seemed to have gone well. So yeah, so we talk a little bit about the lead up to those shows. They already happened. So if we're talking about a tour that's coming up, it already happens. It already happened. Um, and I don't know what they have planned now, but um, you never know. I mean... Mm-hmm. So let's go back to the past. So let's go back to the past, um, and let's uh, let's get into it with friend of the podcast, Jeff Rickley. Sherlock Snodsky. (laughs) He's good. He's good. When when is the last time Jeff you were on going off track? I feel like it was a very long time ago. It's been a bit. I feel like it's been at least two or three years. Back when you guys were at the other digs. Other place. And then we <laughs> did one with you and Jeremy, I think. Oh, yeah. That one was amazing. Yeah. Because Jeremy was incredible. Yes. Is Jeremy good. like the nicest guy in music? He's like the nicest and most knowledgeable. We're talking. We're not talking about Jeremy Balm, though. Um, no, no. Yeah, Jeremy from uh, Temper Yeah, oh. They're both very nice they're and very knowledgeable. Nice. I don't yes. know yeah. that human. Yes. He's a good guy. He's incredible. So it's been a bit. Yeah. I, think I mean, I, you have a different haircut. I do. I do. I'm trying <laughs> It looks something. good. I like I'm it. Trying I have a much I like different it. haircut. You do? I had you a do? mustache for a while. No longer. Yeah. Excellently cut I didn't off. mean to be <laughs> tying back my hair while you guys were showing off his luscious locks. Shall I, I know. Down? You look let good. Let her down. Let her down. Let her down. Get yeah. If you can't hear Benny after this, because... I just saw From Dust Till Dawn, too, so you're, like, bringing me back. Oh, my... Wait. Wait. Who's that? Banderas? 
No, um, I've been told Danny I like Trejo, Trejo, right? Yeah, Danny Trejo. I wear Danny Trejo. Yeah, definitely Danny Trejo. I've been told when you see him, but I also. I, I, wish, I just went from Antonio Banderas to Benicio Del Toro to Danny Trejo. But your face, your face registered at all. I wish people could see the way you're like, Del Toro and the Danny Trejo. Like, uh, yeah, like, down, like, like Danny so Trejo is on his way to kill you for like the way you said you're his about name. You're a foot and a half than him, though. Yeah. I've met, I've met that dude. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, really? Oh, my God. In my head, he's 6'10". Me too. Yeah. He's yeah. attitude-wise, he's 6'10", but he's like... Pretty tray low to the ground, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're Number in. One. <laughs> Number one. I love how... I love how in this we already have a pun in this. I didn't get one pun in the whole last interview. Why did you play it so straight? Um, Were you I scared? Felt, <laughs> I feel more comfortable here. These are people. Mm. I mean, not, not say our last podcast was great. Whoever recorded with, but people I'm not friends with. So it's like a different vibe. But I feel like, and I also feel like I would have just gotten like some just. Stairs, some stairs, yeah, yeah. some stairs, yeah. See, that's why you got to know your Go audience. Yeah. I took those for when you. it's that awkward. Yes. That yeah, gives you, you definitely did. <laughs> anything, anything that gets kind of awkward that gives you like, I think. That gives you license to just go for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, well, we're already halfway there. What's I up? mean, Jeff has probably seen me in some of the, my most embarrassing states. Mm. Like, and vice versa. Jonas has seen me so in some of like, mine. So. There's nothing that, that I, yeah. I could do that I would really. Jeff's heard worse versions of any joke I could tell tonight. Well, yeah. Let's clear the air right away. Have you two seen each other naked? I don't Not think really, so. I don't think. I mean, Emotionally or physically? I will like, say, mm, I will I say that physically, on tour, me and Jeff usually do share a bed. Uh-huh. Share. But oh, we're okay. always yeah. like pajamas. Yeah, we're both like, we're good at sharing a bed because we're very afraid of like touching other people, both yeah. of us. So it's like a good like, you know, like half the bed is empty and then we're on the <laughs> yeah. quarters by the yeah. edges. I'm, I'm the kind of like sacrifice my own comfort. <laughs> yeah. but just in that, but like <laughs> won't recline my seat on planes. Like right. I just can't, it like can't get in other people's space or makes me feel weird and when i see jonah in the bed i'm like well he's already over that far so i should probably get i gotta get further over or else it's rude yeah you guys are so nice (laughs) not really what i mean are we talking basketball shorts or do you bring like proper like a flannel set i have um i'm not trying to brag um and i'm not trying to take away our guest's thunder but i Mm. have a cashmere pants Oh, shit. Like bed pants. I wouldn't have stayed so bed far. Pants. Yeah, I would have gotten closer if and I needed cashmere. They're awesome. Wow. Yeah, and I I wear them around my apartment. I wear them today. I wear them a lot. I work from home. I'm did, home a lot. Did you wear them with a the kimono? Uh, I usually here, here's what I do. <laughs> usually, uh, old news to old listeners. <laughs> after my shower, dry off, and then I put on. I have this like a to- um, robe made out of like that towely material that I got from a hotel in Amsterdam. It's great. I wear that for a while till I dry off. Then sometimes I switch in the kimono and slippers. But sometimes if it's colder out, I'll put on the cashmere pants and a little hoodie. Maybe flip that hood up. Mm. And this begins the process that yeah. is Jonah Bear. This yes. sounds great. This is after yoga. This is at like one in the afternoon. Yeah. There's home. something about just the phrase bed pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. It's like so close to bed pants. Yeah, it lends <laughs> itself <laughs> to like smoking jacket, <laughs> right. ascot, oh, bed smoking pants. jacket. Dude. Maybe, mm. um... What what would you have a sifter of? Like, what's a good nighttime drink? Oh, like cognac, a Benedictine, or something. A, port, a sherry, <laughs> yeah. a nice dry sherry. Yeah, I don't have a good sherry. What, whatever is in a nightcap, whatever that means. Yeah, that's what, what it does is. that mean? Isn't that just code for like, do you want to have sex? 
I thought like it was a little drink hat. then sex. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, you know, I remember as a kid being like, watching, right. watching TV shows I shouldn't, like coming in for a nightcap right. as a kid going, wow, that's really forward. They're going to put that off? Put that, they're going to share like what they sleep in? That's right, weird. right, right. Oh, and like, yeah, that's nightcap. what you were going for. Right, Jimmy Cap. Yeah. yeah, I guess I did. Jim, I heard that. I, yeah, I, <laughs> they oh, have yeah. my Jimmy hats in it. <laughs> that is a perfect name for a condom, actually. A Jimmy. nightcap. <laughs> nightcap. There you go. Yeah. That's another, another good use for it. So I think last time we spoke, Jeff, we had that conversation of uh, bands when they when they either go on like what should we go on hiatus should we stop or should we break up and get back together and do that reforming thing have, since then have we split yet or not we hadn't no or we did no i think you had I we think had you, i think, I think you had you had done, you had done because we, we talked that was your joke like we should have broken up <laughs> yeah <clears throat> uh, how's it been back in the saddle now it's been a been a bit right it's been cool man like um yeah like the guys don't hate each other which is cool um we all like each other we all like being around each other we have a really close like so most people probably don't know but our bass player is married to our guitar player's sister they have kids and then our other guitar player has a son that he named after our drummer so there's like a lot of kind of like really super tight bro stuff that goes on on thursday because i often think about your uh your your you're punching in the job metaphor that you guys had. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. card, the little yeah, card. The card. That yeah. was a pretty dark time at the end there, and imagine. I'm glad that we're not there now. Um, and we've got some rules in place, like this can't be anybody's day job. Like even if we're making okay money, like you have to do something else because nobody can be like, guys, we all have to, you know, that's too much, too much pressure for the band. That's smart though. I mean, it must take an element of pressure off you guys to allow you to just be freer with it I you guess? can just say no that's stupid right. even if like it makes a ton of money you can be like i don't want to do it because it's stupid which yeah. is like the most important thing when you're doing stuff if it sucks and you don't want to do it don't do it yeah. but then somebody's like but you'll make seventy five thousand dollars like mm, yeah we're gonna do the stupid thing you know what i mean like that was so common for us sure of being like well if this is my day job then we have to do that stupid thing because i have to pay rent and now yeah. it's like no i have some other stupid day job that i, I can hate that job I can love Thursday again. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know how it is. You know how it is. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, Sometimes. Huh? Yeah. You know how it is. Yep. You know how... percent awesome You guys know how I think about this stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, you know? you, we go way back. <laughs> Fuck this shit, man. Yeah. That's, that's what I think. Um, yeah, we, no. I haven't talked to this gentleman from you here, so this is like... You Jeff Rickley I've known so for a long time. Uh, I probably <laughs> met Jeff when you were like, 19 or 20 and i was like 18 or 19 that's right i would guess and i didn't have a band i was putting on shows yeah, for your yeah. band your old band yeah. yeah yeah i was in a band called la line theory played new brunswick quite a bit mm-hmm. and uh that was when you were at 331 already mm-hmm. yeah and and jeff was in a house um 331 somerset street with Classic. another guy named clay weir clay and, and eventually was, Tom from you and I. Yeah, and eventually yeah. Tom. Oh my God, yeah, Tom yeah. was there too. We had the last you and I show in that basement. This guy Clay, we should mention. Clay. He's one of the unsung heroes Clay's of amazing. the scene from that time. He was a guy who did a lot of shows. Yeah. I mean, he did a lot of the 331 shows, uh, right? More than yeah. I did, yeah. Yeah, and um, he was and is... Uh, He's a chippy guy. He didn't suffer fools lightly. Oh, like, man. He didn't um, suffer me lightly as his roommate. Know, Let me just tell and, you that. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. There's so many stories about Clay Weirs. 
Wow. Yeah. So also the Thursday guys, aside from me, they went to high school with Clay. So there's oh, a deep right. history there too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now Clay, I don't know if you know this. I think I do. He's in the deep state. <laughs> man, he's oh man. He's got some shit going on. Whew. He knows like three different kinds of Arabic. He's, he's, he's into He has some had shit. a very interesting day job since college. Stuff yeah. that we can't talk about here, but man, oh man. Sounds like this guy's in Kilming around. Wait, actually, you might have gotten the same thing that I did. Um, now you're cut off. Turn off his mic. Did you get... <laughs> I like how we both glazed over that one. Yeah, like, I, like, I didn't nope. even hear it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear it. Nope. No, it's not getting acknowledged. Like, the oh. last one was good. This one... No. I'm sorry, Jonah. Did you say <laughs> something? I want to know Jonah. Six times, even before I was here today, where people have been like, no. <laughs> So I'm not, I'm not going to say specifically, but, but Clay went into, say, public service. Yes. Um, say deep and, public and service. intelligence mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And uh, I got a call from right. an agent. Did Vetting you as well? Uh, I didn't, from living with him? I didn't, um, I didn't know what it was and I blew it off. And then later uh, on, uh, one of our scene photographer buddies was like, did you not answer those questions? And I was like, I didn't realize how important it was. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I dude, when you're getting cleared, when you're getting vetted for... Yeah, my dad stuff. is military. When you get mm-hmm. top secret clearance, if you're in the military, you're just it's just like, shut your face. Like, that's an order. But once you're out and you're a civilian, mm-hmm. you your family and friends, there has to be somebody. I had a buddy yeah. who worked at Lockheed Martin, and I was the only person who had known him over 10 years. So I would get random phone calls and be like, what's your address? Where'd you live here? My dad, when he would have to get cleared up becoming a defense contractor, would say, because I moved so much, where the hell did you live in 97 to 99? Right, Because right. they have to keep Account. track. Yeah. It also costs money. A lot of people don't know that. I didn't know Depending that. Depending on your level of clearance. What do you it, mean? It costs. So if you are in the military, it doesn't cost them anything. But if you work for a defense contractor and... They're like, well, you have to be cleared for this level to it's on your look at this store. The company has to pay for it. Interesting. And but it's you, worth their while. Eventually. It's, interesting. it's only yeah. worth their while if they can keep someone on for X amount of years. So you guys right. are telling me you can just buy secret clearance, essentially. I, I think based upon the election, yes. Oh, man. That's awesome. And we're back. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, man. No, no, can't do it. Can't do it. <clears throat> so what else? Anything else happened between um, the last podcast and now? Yeah. <laughs> so much. I loved reading about you in Newsweek. That was fun. Oh god. <laughs> so I actually oh, I'm gonna for the sake of being just the doofus in the room, mm. I'm going and doing some research today. I'm like, I know Jeff a long ass time. I'm like, mm. we should have plenty to talk about. We should go back to these New Brunswick stories too, uh-huh. because something happened on a previous podcast that we can't determine the first Thursday show because mm-hmm. I thought I played it. And, and I think you might have. And we're so we'll we'll get back to that. Or should well, we just hit there that? were also two things about that. Is like we played a show where we kind of just jumped on and played a couple songs, and then we played like a show where we like played a show. Okay, because so there's sort of two. And and Jonah, I don't know. We tried to call you during another podcast. <laughs> I think it was the one. Was it with Jeremy? Yeah, maybe. See, I yeah. thought you had like a government clearance issue, so I just hung yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was with Jeremy Bohm and. I was dropping some line where I thought I was cool, basically being like, yeah, yeah, and, you know, like, we played, like, the first Thursday show. Which is the ultimate thing to impress Jeremy. Oh, yeah, and I was like, dude, I'm, like, dusting my shoulders off. Jeremy's gonna think I'm awesome. Right. And, uh, and then Jonah's like, oh, you played this show? I'm like, no. 
I'm like, that's the first Thursday show? And then I got scared because I've been telling this story uh-huh. like I thought I was cool for like a long time. Be like, uh-huh. yeah, I fucking... That's how Benny got in Gaslight. Yeah. I'm like, I headlined Thursday's <laughs> right. first show, yeah, yeah, baby. Right. It's, been, it's been like my line for years. And then Jonah's like, oh no, it was this show. And I'm like, fuck. So which show I've been lying this entire time. I, I it thought me? it was 331 uh-huh. with Low End Theory and Linus... And it was like a New Year's show, and you guys played like... Well, it was New Year's, but it was uh, like Saves the Day. Yeah, Saves the Day. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, us. Yeah, and Movie Life. Movie Life. And uh, yeah. Poison the Well with two singers. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. Because they got into... Do you remember there's like sort of a thing in the backyard? There's like My a little God, bit of altercation. My God, was there that many bands at that show? Dude, there were like what seven. great show. Seven bands at that show. So that was technically the first yeah, one. Are you sure okay. I was telling you it was wrong? You did. That's Who else weird. would have been there? Oh, maybe Jeremy did. Jer- it was. It must have been Jeremy because I was in Ohio. How would I be like? Actually, Benny, <laughs> the show I wasn't. No, I think at. you had just heard because like, of your archiving skills. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, because we jumped you're a on. <laughs> we jumped and played like two songs just to see if we could play it, and we right. couldn't <laughs> on a show that was. God, I feel like you guys might have played this one too, but it was Joshua. Oh, 331? Yeah. I love that band. We also played that too. <laughs> I thought you did, because I'm like remembering the flyer. I'm like, maybe. Yeah, I think so. so. We put you guys on everything. Hey, you're local. Hey. Dude, you got a singer a garbage listen, man, you know what I'm saying? You draw 25 kids in the basement, you get <laughs> a lot of crap. fucking shows. You do. <laughs> like, that's, you do. You know how much 40 money that is? Oh my that's, God. That's, Especially when I had the brilliant idea of like, we won't charge, we'll take donations. Oh yeah. Man, that was great. You were even too punk rock for me. <laughs> I was like, I'm charging these kids. They can bring me a can of food for a discount. Right. That's how, that's that's how I get along. That's the way to do thinking it. Thinking I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> but. I feel like it should be a can of like good food. Like, would you? Like, yeah, this? This would yeah. be something you would actually eat. Because there's a lot of shit in cans at the grocery <laughs> store. I'm like, no way. You know, it's interesting. And I've learned through the years. So I, you know, I did shows for, for many, many years. And I always accepted food. Mm-hmm. And I never specified as to what it was. And mm-hmm. the more and more I got involved with it, mm-hmm. there is certainly food they can use and food they cannot use. Like if you buy, say like, oh, I'm going to buy a few can of cream of broccoli soup. You have to hope on the off chance that there are 1,000 other cream of broccoli soup donations so you can serve cream of broccoli oh, soup. Oh, wow. So like you really should donate like beans corn you know like basics that you can actually prepare food with Mm -hmm. because if you buy like oh i'm gonna buy like a bunch of spaghettios then like you gotta hope 500 cans although certain things of spaghettios and i only know this because my parents are genuinely good people and would like take us to like uh volunteer at food banks on like thanksgiving and stuff (laughs) there'll be the point in the night where after you serve dinner if you stay over to like chaperone and make sure everything's cool, like there's a kid that'll wake up at midnight hungry and then you need like SpaghettiOs is actually the perfect example. That one can will do good, but cream of black, like nobody's going to have yeah, one can of cream of black. No cold, cold <laughs> thing. Cream. Put that like uh, that hot needle like the jail guys do <laughs> to heat it up. I don't even know how they do that. Yeah. What is that that they do in the movies where they heat up a can of soup with that hot something or other? 
You seen this? Oz, <laughs> movies like this. I, I hated Oz. You did? I hated Oz. It was. What like, made you hate Oz? I mean, what's that? Leon from Oz is here. No, oh, no. Fuck yeah, dude. In the house right now? Yeah, he's. In Wait, the- now I feel terrible. <laughs> Go tell him how you feel. <laughs> no, he doesn't care, dude. And those, they, they're not characters, Jeff. They're gonna. Are they? They're gonna assault. Were you. they actors? <laughs> I can never cool tell. Ones. It was so brutal. I couldn't take the brutality. That's what it was. It yeah, was man, too J.K. brutal. Simmons. Oh yeah! Wait, he was the white power. Harry guy. Potter? No, no, no. <laughs> That's not J.K. Simmons. <laughs> you muggle. J.K. There's only two Simmons. J.K.s. <laughs> you J.K. Harry muggle. Harry Potter. <laughs> you muggle. Fantastic, borings and tons of plot holes. But I brought up this "I've known you for a long time" thing to to illustrate something. So I was like, I know Jeff a lot. I probably right. don't have to do that much research. Oh man! But I googled it anyway, <laughs> and I go. What the fuck? I hadn't heard about it, man. You didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know who that fucker was until like three months ago when everything happened. That was like a year. Or not year that was like a year ago. Now. I can't yeah, even imagine going through that. It was but, tough, man. We were onto a really good thing. You know, like yeah. Collect was on the verge, like last year would have been a banner year for the label because the nothing record that came out on Relapse that everybody loved the hotelier record that came out on tiny engines that everybody loved. Like those were our records. Like we paid for those records. Right. Those were our bands. Like we had helped those guys get bands. And you said record was just excellent. Right? Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable hotel record. The unbelievable, the nothing record I love still. Um, but we were working on so much other stuff, you know, like uh, we were trying to put out some stuff with Ricky acid and like, you know, I had, I had met with Brian from brand new about some stuff, you know, we were really, I, I, I think we were really headed in the right direction and we had a bunch of hip hop and we had a bunch, uh, you know, I was talking to Dyke drama, which is a side Sadie's side project from, uh, from, um, gloss. Gloss. Thank you, Jonah. <laughs> um, I was like, girls, li-. I was like going through each letter. Like, how do I spell it? So for the benefit of um, people playing the home game, you had, I remember when I found out you had a record label, collect mm-hmm. records. I was like, what a great gig for him. Good for him. Yeah. Put it, the first thing we put out on collect was the first Touche Amore record. That's why yeah. I started the label to put that out. That's and awesome. I had, I had, I didn't know anything else about anything, anything. Mm-hmm. And I knew that uh, Norman Brandon was working with you. And I was like, yeah. this is just like, can I work there? Fuck. This sounds great. And Everything our in-house designer cool. was the singer oh. from Weekend, um, Sean Durkin, mm-hmm. amazing band on Slumberland Records. Um, you know, like really incredible, like pains of being pure at heart, kind of like type stuff, a little, little heavier than them. But, um, yeah, like I loved our team was really great. Um, so, I mean, you've talked a lot about like, you know, I saw some interviews with you. You've like Mm -hmm. talked a lot about how it started. Mm -hmm. There's obviously like, how the fuck were you supposed to know? It's like, what was, what was presented to you? Even from me hearing it, I'm like, wow, that sounds awesome. If somebody mm-hmm, yeah. was like coming at me with this idea and coming at me with money and wanted mm-hmm. to to boost something cool like that, like was there ever a point were you completely blindsided by it, or did you did something like smell funny like at any point? Did were like did things get weird at all or like No, I mean the only thing that I was like wary of was this is too good. Like how uh, can anything be this good, right? But like and you've he, been through the ringer with labels, yeah. so you know, right? So I wrote like, into all the contracts 
you know, the only thing that I did to make sure there was no way that we could get screwed was I wrote into all the contracts of the bands. Cause I was worried about the bands getting screwed. Like for me, it's like, I've been through the ringer, like you said. So I wrote into all the contracts, a clause that if at any time they were unhappy with anything that we were doing, they could take their masters and leave. Wow. Masters that we paid for, you know, it's a that's pretty huge. unheard of thing yeah, to put in a contract. Crazy. Not like you can buy our masters from, for cost. Because we were like, no, we want to get bands to spend more than they would spend on a record. I mean, like, that's really, amazing. Like make, for somebody you know, who hasn't negotiated a record contract, yeah, that's something that doesn't happen. If ninety nine out of a hundred bands asked for, they would be told to go fuck themselves. So that's yeah, pretty amazing. But yeah. the thing is, I was put in a position where I was like, yeah, go out, sign as many bands as you can, help as many bands as you can. In three or four years, we'll talk about if it's making money or not, and if it's not, maybe we'll make it a nonprofit. It's like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So people sometimes say like, you have to, you're either lying and you knew something was up or you're the most naive person on earth. I don't really think either is true. Like, I think I was like, worst things worse. Like I'll take as much money from somebody for as long as I can and give it to bands. You know, if it turns out, God forbid, he's a shady guy or something, you know? Um, But what, but how does, how is it when it's, so, so the benefactor was Martin Shkreli, the the diabolical. Am I pronouncing his name? I don't care too much about the dude, but am I saying his last Sounds name? Sounds right. Who cares? I don't know. So he was someone who's helping you out, who's an honest fan, and you know, gave him money. Very to kind to me. I have to be honest. Like, uh, yeah, you know, this is very good to me. Very good to uh, the staff. You know, was talking about, like how how can we get you know healthcare implemented? How can we do you know this for the bands? Like cared about the bands obviously you know yeah i think it's like easy to paint people as either villains or good guys but um you know uh regardless of whether he is a villain or not you know um he was really good to the bands he seemed to have really honest intentions about them i don't i actually still don't really doubt his intentions for the bands um you know ethically and all that other stuff you can get into you know i mean He's sort of a fascinating character and I still watch what he's doing because, you know, at one point he was going through and like showing you which, because the pharma industry made him like, oh, it's just him. We're good. The rest of us are fine. And he went through like kind of calling them all out on their bullshit and showing where they were total hypocrites and stuff. And that I find really interesting too, but. The the EpiPen, um, they did the same damn thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think like by nature, he's like, he's like the definition of a troll. So it's like really difficult to see. Like I never know. I'll see something and I'll be like, is he serious? It's like, right. I met the guy plenty of times. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I've talked to him and I have no idea when he's serious or not. So what like turned your conscience mm. with, with the label with, cause you know, there's a lot of labels that, you know, bands in this room have been part of that, you know, have probably got investors who do some things that oh, yeah. you might not agree with. What made you go? We can't. Um, it just, you know, the whole thing, like, it was just so public and it was so uh bad and it was it was just so much that i just knew there was no way any artist was gonna it wasn't about us you know it was about the bands i knew the bands were all gonna be hurt by it you know and like the moment that it started i called him and i was like look man i don't agree with what you're doing but you need somebody doing your pr like quick and you should just stop talking about it like let somebody else deal with it like you really need to do this, and he totally didn't listen to me. Um, and obviously, that's not his style, right? Yeah. Like we can all right, say pretty right. surely, like he's not going to stop talking about stuff and get somebody else to answer for him. But um, 
But yeah, I just I just couldn't imagine a situation in which I felt okay doing it, mm-hmm. in which any band on the label felt okay doing it. And even more so, I saw the bands taking the brunt of it. Like I could sit in an office and still make my salary, which better salary than I've ever made before, getting to put out music that I love. <laughs> but the bands are going to be out on tour having people ask them uncomfortable questions. They're not. They're going to say, honestly, I have no idea what's going on with that. Like we finally found a label that wanted to treat us right. And now, like, it sucks. Like, it turned out the whole thing had a trap door. It, like, dropped us through to this other level of hell, right? So it was, um, you know, that was it. It was just, it sucked. Like, the day that it happened, I was on a plane to Germany. So I had to kind of catch up on it. Like, when I'd get service, I'd be like, oh, God, what's what's going on? Did you know, like, did you know specifically the industry he was involved with and stuff? Like- I knew he was in pharmaceuticals. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Did but, that you know, inherently bother you at all? Just like where the money was coming from or it was just like, fuck it, I'll take what I can to fund good music? No, it didn't really bother me because what I knew of it was that he was, uh, you know, what he told me of it was that uh, the part of the pharmaceutical industry that he was um, involved in was rare diseases. Hmm. And the way he kind of told me about it was like, look, like big pharma does not care. There's not enough money in these diseases for them to give a shit. Hmm. I'm over here doing it. I give a shit about it. Like one of the drugs I actually patented myself, like he's, and again, no matter what you think of him, he's actually a very smart person. I'm sure. And so to hear him talk about the efficacy of different compounds on different molecules and affinities and binders and receptors and things like that, you're like, well, that's pretty impressive. impressive, you know. Um, and you know, (laughs) I think, there was certainly a time which I was like, it's so good to know that like, this is one of the good guys or whatever. You know what I mean? It's anybody now can be like stupid Jeff or whatever, but it's just not the way it was at the time. I was like, man, maybe like, maybe something good has happened. Maybe I'm going to be able to put out a bunch of bands and if they're ever unhappy, they can just leave and take their records. And you know, like for once I actually feel like I'm giving back, you know, (laughs) there's something nice, even in a weird way. There's something nice about hearing someone like you who's ran into like a bunch of sketchy people through the years mm-hmm. to be like, to be like, ah, oh, like, let's give this guy a chance. He's one of the good, like, that's still like kind of <laughs> nice and hopeful. Maybe it is naive, but like, yeah. it's naive in a way that like maybe you actually went through the, cause you know, I see it on paper, man. And I'm like, okay, Alex Saavedra, Tony Victory, Martin Shrek, like, you have some characters in your past who have well, some, Well, I mean, like, Thursday was on seven labels. Yeah. Like, think about that for a second. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's insane. So, like... Because what? Because the gamut. island thing, like, kind of yeah. switched around? And, yeah, yeah. Island, yeah. and then, like, you know, temporized for a second, and then, eyeball, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Eyeball, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, victory. Um, epitaph, you know. Um... So you got a way of stumbling into some real interesting characters, man, like, like through the years. Yeah. I mean, I just think the music business, like, you know, I don't want to get too into it, but I think that basically like you can see a lot of different places where, um, different social factors have made the cultures of different industries really terrible. And I actually think that post Motown, there are some really awful motives to keeping artists sort of mm. down and oppressed and not knowing how much money is being made 
and giving them crumbs instead of making them have a living and actually like sort of making an artist like an indentured servant. And I don't, that has nothing to do with me, but I think all of us that are in this business have for a long time have been put in the position of like begging to be begging to get a contract that subjugates our talents for life. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that like, if you're involved in that without trying to make it right, if you're not actively trying to make it right, if you're just playing by the rules of the system, then inherently it fucks you up over time. Mm -hmm. I think being forced to play by the rules that are inherently unfair to the people that you're working with has an effect of screwing you up. And I think that's why you see so much like corruption. You see so many bad people in the music industry. Why you have, you know, I was at a, like a, what do you call it? Like a 12 step meeting where like when people, like I was like, man, you know, I got chewed up by the music industry and like, like five or six people out of like a 20 person meeting were like, Ooh, music industry. You know what I mean? Like they had been through it too. Like, so, um, yeah, you could say I've met some characters, but I mean, I think there's, it's tough. It's a tough business. You know, all of us know, like recording studio, all of it. Like there are, you get fucked. You know what I mean? Like you put your blood, sweat and your tears and people run on the fact that you would do it for free. Right. If you could. Yeah. That is how they get you. Sure. They're like, huh, he probably would for us if we yeah, make yeah. him feel bad. Well, I mean, that's, that's like the classic thing. We've talked about it at length here. It's like where, where art meets commerce. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's been, and if you read the about world. painters and you read about theater and you read about all sorts of things through history, it seems as if, you know, the upper crust dictated what they wanted, when they wanted it, how much they were willing to give, mm-hmm. and the people who actually that's, do it. That's how, like, subversive artists started. It was like you would get a, a, a Renaissance artist and, like, paint this picture. It must uh-huh. be biblical. And they're like, all right, I'm going to paint the most fucked up biblical picture <laughs> right. I can and get right, paid right. and still get to You're all going to have my- tiny cocks. <laughs> Like, it's like the best picture ever, but they all have this. Tiny <laughs> cocks. It must have been freezing back then. Uh, dude, by I had a professor in college who summed it up so smart. He went, because it was theater, and he went, remember, theater doesn't make money, it costs money. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. art because mm-hmm. you can't monetize it. I just did, I remember reading all about it and, and thinking, like, this is perfect. I, like, I see you as a CEO of, of, a, of a label and, like, working it all, working it all. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Yeah. I mean, My mom always says, uh, as far as luck goes, you have all of it. <laughs> like good, bad, like. Yeah. See, I movie. heard the story and I went, bless, bless you. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, how does fucking Jeff get into this shit? Yeah. That was in my head. <laughs> that, <too. laughs> that was what I was going on. I'm like, Jonah has a better idea of how I get like, into it. Like, he knows me too well. Like, but like, of course Jeff got into this. Well, that. yeah. Ooh. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm curious. Like, what's it like? Because I felt like it was really i would say like like a traumatizing thing to go to do like to mm-hmm. i mean like i mean what's mm-hmm. it like i guess talking about it now like does, do you it's not- so hard yeah like when you guys were like so i was like really like i felt like for a minute i was like being switch huh like talk about the tour and we're gonna have to talk about this no i know but, um, i knew i had i had to do it but um you know now i mean i feel worse for our bands than i feel for me like i try to do something you know like i'm an adult I started a business. I got an investor. Like, this is not unheard of stuff. Sure. Like, people all across this country start small businesses that they believe in. They put their blood, sweat, and tears into it. They employ, like, family, anybody who will work for them. Everybody pulls together, and then the investor fucks them. It's true. Like, that is not an uncommon thing. So, to feel like I've lucked my way in, you know, it just so happened that everybody knew. 
Right, right. And everybody knew, and everybody was like ready to be like, maybe Jeff's an asshole. Like he's always been so nice that I knew he was secretly an asshole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's kind of a thing that I saw happen all over the place. Where I was like, yeah. But it was like you said, I was like, too tired. I had right. been working too hard. Like I was just so burnt out that like when people would come at me, I'd be like, "Fuck you." You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I try to think course. of something smart to say and be like, "Well, fuck you, clown." <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just real weird. Like the people that I feel worst for in it are the no devotion guys because they had the double headline trauma happen. So it's oh, like, yeah, no shit. They came out of the whole thing where they were on the cover of every f- friggin' tabloid in the UK for the Lost Prophet singer, right? right? And I actually like find them and I'm like, wow, I never liked Lost Prophets and you guys are so talented. Yeah, like, let's they make really some are. cool stuff. Like, and everybody's like, Jeff's gonna help him out. And it's like, the week our record comes out, the week is when the label fell apart. Like, those guys have sucks. shitty luck. That fucking sucks. Um, truly does so what do you want to like so what have you been up to sort of lately because you would think after this you'd maybe want to do something outside the music industry but i feel like that has not been the case no um i've i've been doing a couple things i mean um i helped i've been helping uh brace yourself which is maybe my favorite company i've ever worked with in the music industry um they did the press for no devotion in the uk they did the press for all collect stuff in the uk and we always had a thing where they were like man like you're just signing every band we love this is so cool if we did a label we'd want it to be like collect you know it's like one of those things and like, they just picked up chance the rapper they did the strokes the pixies like they're just they're incredible so i've been uh trying to help them bring that to the states and we've had some ups and some downs um we're kind of looking to restructure the company right now and reformat it and bring it back. But, um, that was the first thing I was doing. I was running the U S arm of that. Um, and then the Thursday stuff coming back, um, you know, playing shows with those guys, getting back together with those guys, you know, now we're doing a tour with touche and basement and, um, wax idols and cities of Eve. So it's, uh, I mean, that's super exciting. You know, that's really fun. Like I get to see all my, my guys that I grew up with, you know, what's the difference? Like, well, have, Oh yeah, I guess you won't know yet, but are, are you anticipating like the Thursday show to have like a different feel because of the nature of it? You guys kind of laid out where you're like, we have other jobs for doing this. Do you think like the show is just going to roll out more comfortably, less pressure, or or is it still like the same amount of like heightened pressure like a Thursday headline show would have? Um, I yeah, I kinda know what you're saying. Like I think we feel less like um pressured to make it good and more like I haven't gotten to do this in so long that I want to make something really beautiful, you know? And I think like right now in the midst of like, you know, really unheard of levels of like anti immigration anti-immigrant anti-muslim anti you know it's like it's such a heightened emotional uh climate for politics right now that like i just feel a real um you know that just a really welcoming place to come and and uh, express yourself and be met with open arms like um just a sort of say what you mean mean what you say be sincere and have compassion for everybody that that was always the simple message of Thursday, and sometimes I wondered if it was too little. 
you know, if that wasn't political enough, if there wasn't enough of a backbone in our kind of message. And right now the simplicity of it in such a cruel time, uh, feels like the thing that I really want to do. And, um, you know, we've been, it's been really nice. Like all of us have been together on that. So we've been talking about like, you know, do we want to do one shirt that's like an ACLU shirt that's all benefit? You know, what do we want to do? Like, you know, Norman from Texas is the reason is putting together like ACLU benefit and stuff. And, you know, it's just nice that we're all on the same page. It's like, you can't be too political right now. Like, just go out there and say it. And yeah. like, if you lose some fans or whatever, then obviously they never like read the lyrics and they didn't care about what the band was about in the first place. Have, so. Sure. Have you gotten a lot of shit on Twitter when you're when you're saying stuff about politics from people that are like a couple? Uh, yeah. Like, or is it mostly? Yeah, it's mostly supportive. I feel like some people who are like talking shit about like, oh, you know, I love. It's like, did you? It's like I, I loved you guys until whatever. It's like, did you really? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, I don't love you, I guess. I don't know. You know, not even that, but like... This is like when like one of my friends is like complaining about Time Warner and I'm like, I'll reply, I'll be like, you've been treated unfairly, I'm canceling my service. It's like, I'm not canceling my service. (laughs) Right, right, right. This is just the most passive way I can like try to like... Can I make a confession? Yeah. Hold on, pause I still have Uber on my phone. You still have Uber? Oh, really? I I have to run out. Mm. Oh, no, buddy. Dude. Oh, I'll say it on a fucking internet. I don't care. Yeah. You have to bring up because we didn't bring it up. Um, uh, the uh, the last time Jeff was here, he was in a video game. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Emo game <laughs> two. Emo game two. Emo game two. it's really fucked up that game actually if you go back and play it now there's like lots of stuff that would not fly really oh man it's really (laughs) fucked up it's really fucked up played it so yeah i I don't mind saying it so like when i saw listen i like to think for myself you know what i mean Mm -hmm. even though i am 95 percent of the time when I think about it, I wind up usually about as fucking far left as I can go. Mm-hmm. But I like to kind of like when I see a tweet that's like blah 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 Uber delete it. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, why? Tell me why. And I saw what that guy did. That he mm-hmm. went to the same like small business council that like Elon Musk and people like that went to, and. I saw that he had a lag in his response, but Mm. eventually did do a response and did do things for his employees and stuff like that. And I find sometimes this like liberal attitude where it's like, if you don't do what I want right off the bat, I'm completely discounting you. When I want to leave enough room for people to change their fucking mind and that to be okay. Like, like when I see people fucking killing Glenn Beck for his history, mm. I'm like, well, what do you want? What's the alternative? The alternative is Glenn Beck continuing to be Glenn Beck. The mm. thing that can happen that actually changes things that's better is him admitting some of the things he was wrong and saying that you change. Well, you have a different reason then for keeping Uber than I do. Because they broke the strike line at JFK and I like fuck you oh yeah yeah that was the thing that really that pissed people yeah. off i think the trump thing like w- 
wasn't great, but I think that's what re- I think if that alone, no one would have cared. Mm-hmm. But it was them when the, oh yeah, when everyone was striking and they were like they had a surge and like we're lowering the surge, like we're basically like undercutting yeah. this whole strike. And like I didn't also support actually. like the TLC more than I support Uber. I mean, I didn't like the T- five years ago. I'd have been like fuck the TLC, right. which the Taxi and Limousine Commission. I, I, you know, I am conflicted about that one over. Between them and Uber? Yeah. Really? Well, yeah, because well, they've been screwing me for years. I just years feel too. like I understand, like, it's, like, that people, like, spent years getting those medallions, and it's it's a lot of immigrants with those jobs, but I also feel like I have to go off my experiences where it's like, I'm going to Brooklyn, no, no, no. I mean, for so long. Sure. I, I couldn't, so it's like, then I feel like technology caught up and offered an alternative where, like, those people can't really say no to you, and now I feel like I don't know who, you know... My only thing about that is that, like, right now Uber is, like, um, being completely funded by its, like, IPO-type valuation. So they're losing, like, $2 billion a year or something crazy like that. They're losing some insane amount of money a year Mm -hmm. because they're subsidizing their rides. The Uber, if it was free market capitalism model right now, Uber would be four times as much as it costs, and it couldn't compete with the taxi and limousine commission. So what they're trying to do is subsidize their rides, put the taxi and limousine commission out of service in all the local ones, and then put all the prices way back up or phase out human drivers. Right. Just have it completely automated, which either one is like, wait, I want to help them put more people out of work. And it's like all a lie right now. Like it's their valuation that's paying for my cab fare. On the one hand, I'm like, well, Got to take advantage of it while it lasts, right? Because they're burning through all this capital. But on the other hand, I just think like, oh man, this is never going to work. Like, and if it works, we're all fucked. No, dude, the driverless cars is going to be awesome. You think so, dude? Yeah, I've listened to so much stuff about it. There'll there'll be like no accidents. Mm -hmm. Like, it'll be so much safer for everyone. Well, until the overlords decide the only, to crash the only us real, into each other. The only real problem with it, not problem, but the the really, I think I talked about this on this before. There's a real issue, though, if you have a driverless car and it it's, knows everything, whatever, but if it has a decision where it's like, if I go this way, I kill three people. If I go this way, I kill two people. Mm, what do I right. do? Like, there is, like, a moral thing to it. But I think on the mm. whole, it will make things safer. But It's it will a very, like, jobs. Orwellian kind of uh, yes. conundrum there. Which one? Yeah. I don't know. That, yeah, I mean, you know, for all this talk of the immigrants taking our jobs, like it's shown that automation has been responsible Taking for way far more. more. Yeah. 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 Have you? Do you guys ever listen to Bill Burr? I do. He's against. Uh, this is much lighter, but he's like really against self checkout. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Like they'll be like, do you? Oh, they'll be like, he'll be have a couple of things. They'll be like, sir, do you want to do the self checkout? I'll be like, nah. And they're like, what do you? You know, be faster. He's like, I don't want to do your job for you. Right. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, if I walked up and it just scanned everything and I walked out, great. He's like, but you're just having me do the same thing you get paid to do. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm, I'm he's like not trying out. to save their job. He's like, I don't want to do it. Yeah, he's like, I don't feel like doing your job right. for free. I'll Some of them give life. you a discount for doing it, though, right? Really? I that would be different. I don't know. I just made that up. It's a funny thing. He was like, this isn't a technology innovation. You're just putting people out of work and having me do your job for mm-hmm. no money. 
I yeah. mean, New Jersey, uh, my first job was working at a gas station. Yeah, really? That's so like our gas, gas law. Has that yeah. that's gas the reason. law always existed? Yeah. Since I can remember. Yeah, yeah. ever really? since I was a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You did it for five years too? It's a good yeah. job. It's a terrible job, but it's a job. I think it's just New Jersey and Oregon, right? Yeah, it's two states. I yeah. know that. So I know what, the other one. Did anything weird ever happen to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you had a gas job? Yeah. Ooh, wh- who'd you work for? Golf. Golf Were man. you pumped up to work there? So pumped. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to, okay. In the winter, like, okay. I just should probably preface this, preface this by saying that I, um, got fired and they hired a crackhead to replace me. That's how bad I was. Is this up in North Jersey? Yeah. I'm picturing you in this era as kind of Ethan Hawke in reality bites. Okay. I like That's that. kind of how I'm going yeah. here. But what happened at the I golf? I was definitely wearing Carhartt pants. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you just, you just are in one of those little booths and you just wait for someone to pull up to get gas. In the summer, I'd stand outside. Okay. But in the winter, yeah. Okay. So in the winter... I thought I knew where I was supposed to stand, but instead I was standing in the booth where all the exhaust from the oh. auto shop got funneled. <laughs> so every so often the mechanic would come over and like light a joint and we'd get high and then I'd stand breathing fumes for like three hours being like, like this is good weed. <laughs> and I'd be like, this is bad weed. Yeah. I'm fucked up. Like I remember hearing a uh, helmet afterburn for the first time, like and under those circumstances being like, what happened to this band? To be fair, I don't know. Maybe sober it would have been the same way. But um, there was one guy, there was a priest who used to give me a dollar when I pumped the gas. Nobody, when I see like people tipping in New Jersey, I'm always like, I didn't get tipped. What the fuck? Really? But I also had like um, these two really cute girls, and I was probably 16 or, yeah, I was probably 16 or 17. These two really cute girls would come and asked me to check their oil constantly <laughs> and i didn't get it and they'd be like giggling and i'd be like can i check our oil and i'd be like okay <laughs> like do you have a dipstick like you know i just didn't get it and then like, like years later i was like oh, oh shit damn it. check my oil i really yeah. fucked up that one like i could have asked one of those girls out probably or I both of them shown your dipstick yeah yeah bro uh, i think i'd probably still be working at a gas station on like a, an offenders list yeah. if I, did that. I also okay so in new jersey you don't have to mark which pumps are broken because you pump the gas so i just like put up like one cone and be like they can come to this one and i I was running a credit card with like you know the like run an imprint of the credit card because we didn't have so i was running one customer's credit card he decided that the line was too long so he pulled over knocked the cone out of the way and decided he was gonna and i was like waving him like don't do that i was like fuck you Ooh. Uh, I didn't hang the sign on it that said, like, this pump is really broken. Oh. So when he put the pump in his car, the hose came out and started spraying him <laughs> with gasoline and spraying his car with oh, gasoline. No. It was just, like, waving around, so I had to go and shut the pump off. <laughs> Instant karma. And he was like, are you going to help me clean this up? And all he had was, like, the rag that you clean the oil stick with. Yeah. So I just, like, started, like, wiping <laughs> his window with the oil. He was so mad. It was... That was maybe the most enjoyable thing that happened That's to me the whole time good. I was working. Yeah. You never got a tip at the golf? No, did there you was do one windows? priest who gave me a dollar. Did you do windows, though? I did windows. I checked oil. I did the whole thing. See, that's despicable to me. Yeah. That, Guy also, does the trifecta. You do mm-hmm. front window, back window, and you decide to check oil. That's a very that's... ironic job for a guy who doesn't have a driver's mm. license. I did then. Yeah, I did, did back then. Yeah, I did. <laughs> For those of you who think, like, what stupid thing did Jeff do? Um, my dad got a parking ticket while I was on tour. 
And uh, because it came in my name to my license, he didn't open the, the uh, tickets all those times because, you know, that's mail fraud. <laughs> my dad used to say, it's mail fraud. I can't open your mail. Uh, so when I got home from tour like a year later on Valentine's Day, I got pulled over for a dim brake light and arrested. Yep. Yeah, the whole thing. That same exact scenario has happened to me twice. Yeah. Where I've really? come home brutal, with a warrant right? for my arrest. Are you serious? Brutal, yeah. right? It's yeah. brutal. Because you just missed all the shit. You missed it all. I didn't have any Failure to appear money to pay becomes, it anyway, right. So I would have had the warrant anyway, eventually, because I wasn't going to pay it. It seems but... like that escalates too high. That, like, it does. Like, because honestly, I went to court on driving with suspended license, and people with DUIs got off with warnings, yeah. and I lost my license for years. And I was like, what? Shit like this is honestly, it's like, it's the ways I've been able to see how rich people have rigged the system. Totally. Because literally you can have a parking ticket that costs 40 bucks. Mm -hmm. If you don't have 40 bucks right away, Mm -hmm. you miss the first date, Yep, you get a fee. Then it's more. Then you don't have it. Plus Before, interest, plus the fine for not this. paying it. Yeah, Dude, it gets and crazy. Then a court fee once you show up, a late right. fee after that shows up in the mail after you do fucking pay it. And before you know it, you're in like a few hundred bucks. Oh, yeah. Probably more, especially if you have more than one. And like, it's just that classic thing where people with a little bit of money can mm-hmm. be lazy and just eventually get away with it. And people with not a lot, you're just eventually going right. to to get fucked for it and get arrested proper arrested when i went to court for it finally without a lawyer because Mm -hmm. i thought it's a parking ticket i went and uh it was going to be either 90 days in jail now we're talking jail time to which old crackhead bob from the record store said take the 90 dude you'll be the toughest guy in county (laughs) which if you've ever seen me is a pretty bad joke um take the 90 take the 90 which is the name of one of thursday's publishing companies because they thought that was so funny so take the 90 is is like (laughs) take the 90 um or nine thousand dollar fine jesus christ right and uh suspension for two years so for 10 12 years i didn't deal with it i finally got a lawyer and settled the whole thing for six hundred dollars it's crazy with a lawyer and once you have a lawyer they just you know go in there talk yeah. to the prosecutor and they're like isn't this funny this kid's been scared for like 10 years <laughs> but here's the last how they fuck you i went to get my license i went to the dmv last week i hadn't paid the fee to get my license suspended reinstated mm-hmm. so i paid my fine i paid everything the court costs everything but i hadn't paid like to have it unsuspended the so i can't even take cost. my test the reinstatement mm-hmm. costs so i couldn't even take my i couldn't even get my learners i was there with like 16 year old kids on a line <laughs> and they wouldn't let me take the written test which by the way when i studied i kept failing because they've changed so much since oh, oh, really? i think i would probably fail if i had to take it now where do you hold the where do you hold the steering wheel i mean the, the classic answer is 10 and 2 Nine and three now. Nine and three? Because of airbags. Oh. oh. Boil your arms off, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Stuff like okay. That. Little, little, the little things. Yeah. So I studied up, went, and they were like, you can't take this test. You haven't paid your... I, like, oh I think God. in the years I've driven, well, I'm 36, I started driving, so I've been driving 19 years I think the amount of time I've had a valid license, registration, insurance, and inspection all at the same right. time, <laughs> I don't know if I ever have. I don't know. I still I don't know, know if I ever. Right. I drive my kid around and shit. I don't know. It might. Right, right. <laughs> like, 
The kid doesn't know. No, I'm just kidding. It's just so hard, <laughs> you know? I also drove a tour van around with uh-huh. a fake inspection sticker. That's sick, dude. For a long that's time. fucking, that was that's punk as hell. But that was scary. Dude, Jonah <laughs> remembers me driving with no license out of Chicago, like a bat out of hell, cranking Jesus on the stereo because everybody was hammered except for me, the guy with no license, yeah. just driving in Chicago on the highway, like, woo! That's always, that's always a real responsible move. Let's everyone get drunk except Jeff, who's the only guy without a driver's license. Yeah. And then Dude, it's like, what, those are my we... favorite moments on tour. Because I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll drive. I'll be <laughs> responsible to drive. It's me. Yeah, punching the ceiling. My big time. My time to shine. Yeah. yeah, at some point you just got to be like, all right, let's. Just, we don't have other options. Because it's the least worst thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not great. Like, if we had been pulled over, it would have been like, you don't have a license, these guys are hammered. Like, we probably all would have gone to jail. When Thursday was in a van. Uh-huh. I was who, driving. You were driving? Did you Lion see Green shit? Room? The yes. horror movie Green Room? No. Oh, dude. Oh, you gotta, you gotta see, see it, it, dude. It's, no. it's a horror it's movie about a band on tour, a punk band oh, on tour. Oh, I heard about Patrick that. Patrick Stewart's in it. Yeah. Okay. It's killer. It's fun. It's it really opens good. with a scene where they fall asleep and drive into a cornfield. Oh, God. Happened to Thursday. So, like, we met the director once, and I was like, oh, my God, where'd you get that story? And he was like, it happened to my band. I was like, oh, I guess it happens wow. to like half of us out there with no sleep. Were you driving? Like, yeah. Wow. But this is the worst part that happened is that I, ha- I had just gotten a really nice camera with like film. Uh-huh. So when I stranded us in the middle of a cornfield at like four in the morning with no gas, I just got out and started taking pictures of the guys as they woke up and were like, where the fuck are we? <laughs> So I have all these pictures of them being them? like, what? Yeah, I have them That's at my parents' awesome. house. And then them being like, thanks. Like, Asshole. you know what I mean? Like, what yeah. is this? Some kind of psychological experiment? <laughs> like, strand us in a cornfield and take our picture as we realize how screwed we are. Uh, you yeah. tell me Tucker didn't drive a lot? You can't wear sleeveless no, denim he drove vests a lot. without driving a lot. That's just not He, dro- he drove a lot. Tucker right. did. Tim did. I can imagine. We all kind of did. Tom didn't a lot at first. Steve did a lot because of control issues. Um, <laughs> when he hears this he'll be like fucker yeah, yeah, yeah it's true it was actually ironic i randomly got a text from steve padula this morning unrelated he's the best unrelated a producer on one of his sets was wearing a gaslight hoodie and he, nice. had, to, he had to send me a picture of it uh-huh. and he said he was doing a sizzle reel yeah those and are i said i don't know what a sizzle reel is but it reminds me of the sizzler Oh, I loved Sizzler. And I like that place. Oh, yeah. Sizzler's good. It's very salad good. bar back yeah. in the day. I don't think I did this. You know what my salad bar no? was back then? I was such a shitty little kid with vegetables. Uh-huh. If we went to a place with salad bar, I had half a plate of baby corns and half a plate of cottage cheese. My Sizzler had chicken <laughs> wings and soft what? serve ice cream. What? For the salad bar. Man, North Jersey. North Jersey up there. Killer. Did you guys ever go to that place, Hometown Buffet? Oh, yeah. There was one in Edison. That was the only one I've ever been to. Yeah, under one. Yeah. Chris Ross's favorite place (laughs) to eat. He took me there. He took me there. (laughs) (laughs) I had like a traumatizing experience there as a kid. I remember going with my whole family. I was in high school. It was like me and Vanessa. And I remember trying to like walk around and get stuff, and it was like. I, like, don't do well with, like, fluorescent lights. Like, I don't do well in, like, department stores and stuff. (laughs) Wait, what do you mean you don't do well? I have picture proof of some of this. Like, like, do you get a tick? It it makes me anxious. I can't relax. I'm on (sighs) edge. And it's the light. It's that lighting. And, Mm -hmm. like, in this place, it was just these, like, troughs of food and all these people... 
and the troughs, yeah. the lighting and the carpet. And I remember going, like, sitting down at the table. My parents are being like, I, I got to get out. Like, I can't handle this. Yeah. And I think they're being like, uh, like, just go eat something. You're like, and, but I remember, I, and I, like, never went back. And I remember, like, I couldn't go back. I had this full on, like, it just really freaked me out. Wow. I'm just remembering that club we played in Massachusetts where you, you like sat on the curb in the car turned oh, on its yeah. headlights. What's like, I can't handle this what either. I went, we were we were recording the was Kurt. We were recording the Nevermind the Bombing Seven Inch. God City. At yeah, God, God City, City. Cool. in yeah. Salem. And we went Doom Riders were playing. Mm-hmm. Nice. And it, at the time it was me and Ben and Lucas and I'd gotten super stoned. And remember, we got going to the Doom Riders show. And I mean, I, I was there too. Jeff was there too. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I remember walking in and being like, so stoned that I was like, just pull out. I had like a ten dollar bill in my house. Like, just pull the money out, hand it to the guy, <laughs> walk incredible. in, act normal. You've done this a million times. Don't be weird about it. <laughs> right. like, this is not going on in my head, and I'm like, uh, so I do it. <laughs> I do it. I pull it off. I pay for the show. I pay for the show, dude. Paying for the show was like to me, like like cracking a safe. This sounds like, like the altered state of drug abuse. <laughs> it was. Yeah, that's the best skit yeah. ever. By the way, it was. Like I was like robbing Fort Knox levels of skill I needed to do this. So I do it, I go in, I wait for like But I'm, let me tell you from the outside there was a little bit of like, I don't know, is this right like the right amount of money? Like you know what I mean? Like when he takes it. out like yeah. the ten, it's like, I don't know, is this okay? Like it's like, yeah, that's how you pay to get in. Like, I don't know. No, do you not want it? Like because the guy didn't like take it right away. Yeah, it was so I watched a couple songs and then I went outside and just sat on the sidewalk. And it was at that place, Great Scott. Have you been there? Great I don't Scott, think so. Yeah. Um it's like it has kind of like an outdoor area, but kind of like fenced in, so you can like sit outside of tables and drink, but you can't really. But you can see you're right by the parking spots. So I'm sitting on the curb, and I'm just sitting there for hours, just staring into the lights of this fucking jeep or something. No, and- but it was like sitting there, not nobody was in it, and then right, yeah. So everyone can sort of see me, but I'm sitting there, and then someone gets in this jeep. In the jeep. He's sitting like on the parking space, like the the curb that the jeep is pulled in right, against, right, you know. Right. And the lights turn on, and it just blew my mind. It was, to be behind him seeing it was like, oh, like you know, like they tried to put me in in the car at one point. That didn't and, work. And I made good. them roll down the windows because I was like, if you put me in this car with the windows I'll rolled die. up, I'll suffocate. Yeah, he was convinced. He was like was a like, small child yeah. or a dog. I was like, there's no oxygen in there. And they're like, it's fine, Jonah. And I'm like, yeah, but it's a sealed up. Right, this is a death trap. Like, yeah. So it did crack the windows. Oh, God. It was a good time. We had a good time. Yeah, that was, I mean, I, w- I don't know if it was like a good time for me. No, probably not. Good story, though. Good story. Good time for us. Yeah, good I'm sure it was a good time for everyone yeah. else. Uh, Jonah. I felt bad, though, because I don't, I can't Marijuana and I don't go well together yeah, at all. Yeah, you're never much what, of a smoker. No, yeah. no, I mean, I get bad. I get, like, everybody's... Uh, this was also I feel like he used to smoke is... when he used to... Because I had, at the time when Jeff was in New Brunswick, mm-hmm. I had a pretty crazy house in Highland Park mm-hmm. with some Great of my house. friends yeah. that Jeff would randomly appear at every once in a while to come get wasted with us because that's what we did there yeah. and <laughs> it was it was always nice. more of a drinker but yes yeah more of a drinker though i always remember that this house we were right across the street from a quick check in holland park and we had some serious weed smokers in the house yes there's a very cool older black guy who was the manager at the place his name was john 
John was very chill. He thought we were really funny. Um, we'd you come guys, in like you guys were red as the devil's dick, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. this and that. And one night I come in there, it's like three in the morning. I asked for two uh, Dutchies, Dutch mm-hmm. masters yeah. for Those people are who cigars. don't know. They are cigars. And John, John goes, <laughs> man, you guys. We we don't have any more. You guys bought us out of them. <laughs> and I'm like, what? He's like, who's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know. I'm like, yeah, we play cards over there. We smoke a lot of cigars. He's like, yeah, you smoke them when you take the tobacco out. <laughs> and then he was like our wasn't, boy. For wasn't years. nearly as tolerant a time about that either. No, he no. was pretty hip to it. Yeah. And we nearly convinced him to run a zip line. From our house to the side door of Quick Check with a bell where we were just going to send orders and throw two two extra bucks cash with everyone. Yeah. We negotiated this for years. Yeah. I tried to get it, but but it didn't work. Yeah. But the, those days were a good time. Those were nice times. Those were good days, man. They were. We had it made. We yeah, did. we didn't know. You know what? You know what people have asked me, Jeff, which is, is funny, is like when that was going on. Like everything in New Brunswick, especially mm. since, you know, even prior to that, there had been oh, yeah. a good long Great history culture. of New Brunswick yeah. basement shows and music. And it was like what I knew and it felt normal. I was mm. like, this must happen in every town and every oh, city wow. in America. I was like, this is going oh, no, on I everywhere. Like that. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. And then like I got older and I started leaving and started touring. Mm-hmm. And really that was when I got to be like, wow, like what we were all up to then was like really cool incredible and like really the unique. spirit of it everything about yeah. it you know there is there is nothing <clears throat> capitalist about it at any point like, we're i mean man i remember that like we would cook dinner for every band they would stay at our house mm-hmm. like bands that didn't play our basement would stay at our yeah. house you know that's how i knew the at the driving guys they played right. with knapsack for like four people yeah, yeah, yeah. at the melody bar yep. and we were like you can come back and stay with us you know what i mean it was just that yeah. kind of feeling like just come stay with us i mean do you think that that still exists somewhere Totally. Yeah. I think it's it has to. to. It's got yeah. to. I, I always hear people taking this self-righteous outlook about it in their 30s. And I'm like, you know what? Like, none of those motherfuckers were at these shows. Right. So there's probably a good chance that this is going on and I just don't really yeah. know about it. You know? Right, like, right. I really think so. I do. I know in New Brunswick specifically, things are harder um, yeah. than they were at the time. I mean, because... <laughs> the pre-gentrification New Brunswick at that time. Yeah. When you were in certain areas of New Brunswick, you just didn't get fucked with. Man, you know, where all. we were all like, the way down... So just yeah. smack this mic. Where we were all the way down Somerset, yeah. like, they did not care. Like, once you were out of the little college yeah. bubble of New Brunswick, the rest was whatever the fuck you guys wanted to do. And then when things started spreading around New Brunswick and it got a mm-hmm. little more gentrified, they started really cracking down on it. I mean, it's the worst double standard in the world, too, because you can have 30 kids watching music in a basement or like 300 in a frat drinking house. themselves yeah. blackout drunk and, and assaulting people. And yeah. it's just like. And that's OK. That's yeah, that's fine. It's totally acceptable. But art. Oh, God forbid there should be any art. You I know. know what I mean? It's like, I know. It's a tough town. But it, it, it's it's like that everywhere, though. Like they were talking about like um, the amount of uh, taxpayer dollars going towards securing Trump Tower. Right. Eclipses the National Endowment for the Arts by like some obscene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By yeah. I mean, yeah. we don't put any value no, on art in no, this no. society at all. That's something I actually I, I meant to ask you. Um, 
and it's something that came up in the last interview is where like you know i know you're active politically and you like to talk about it and sometimes i feel like when i'm on twitter saying something political or something like this that i'm i'm just screaming into a vacuum Mm -hmm. you know i'm yelling at like a whole bunch of people who already basically think like me they're reading the same opinions from people who study this professionally and stuff like that and that i do feel like the powers that be currently are actually guiding the conversation to Twitter and social media because mm-hmm. that's where they want it. Mm-hmm. That's where people feel like they have a voice totally. when they actually have no voice. Like, which makes what you guys do with the United Nations or something like that seem more vital to me and maybe the path to go. Where I'm, I'm starting to meet, like, where does art meet activism? Mm. And, like, where's the line where like it can be taken seriously and not just as art where Mm. it can actually be seen as political and actually like make a difference or do you think it's possible like (sighs) that's a great question but it's i mean i don't know if there's a real answer to it but the way that i've thought about it for me and jonah you know as as a member of a a very political band in un uh may have his own answer that that might be totally different um, but I've always thought that the most important place for politics now in the country is, uh, and, and it can feel like screaming to avoid, but to let somebody vulnerable know that they're not alone. Um, even if you're preaching to the choir or whatever, just let them know, like you have people that feel the same way as you and we're not afraid. Mm. Um, I think that's really important. Um, as far as like, what UN does and what we had, what we had, what we have done up to this point, I think there's a certain amount of, um, like you have to acknowledge that the whole thing is a farce. It's insane. Like, so I think one of the important things always was like, always taking yourself with a grain of salt too, you know, laughing at yourself being like, how stupid is it? These guys with guitars are like making a statement. Right. Um, that was always important to me with UN, you know, and I'm, I'd be interested to know. Well, I think, you know, one difference that we have Mm -hmm. is, especially on Twitter, like, I noticed you will engage with, like, what you would call a troll or Mm -hmm. someone who is sort of baiting you. like Limitedly, though. Limitedly, but I I won't even, I won't, I'm block, I'm just done. And I think that's interesting because I feel like you try to have like a real dialogue with these people. And I feel like it's... I used to. I don't anymore. Now I I just tell them like in five quick steps or whatever why they're totally full of shit. Just so that whoever is watching just sees that they don't have to be afraid. Like Mm -hmm. that's the only reason why I engage at all. And the other day I had one in real life like where I was at Dunkin' Donuts and there's like little old lady next to me and she was like... um, can I get a baker's dozen? And the people working there were like, what? And they're like, uh, What's a baker's dozen? Like, and I was like, oh, it's sort of like, I was like, don't worry about it. It's an old it's fashioned an old thing, thing, whatever. And then she's like, but I gotta, I gotta shop here. Cause Starbucks is hiring only illegal immigrants from now on. And I was like, oh ma'am, I'm sorry. Somebody is lying to you, but like they are, they are hiring some refugees, but like, don't you think, cause she had a cross. I was like, don't you think it's our Christian duty to take care of people that need help? She's like, 
our people need more help and Starbucks isn't hiring Americans anymore. And I was like, that's a, that's not true. That's a lie. Yeah. Somebody's lying to you. And Americans aren't Christians, dear. Right. Like I like, was like, oh. <laughs> but like, I noticed that like on Twitter, I'll just be like, fuck you, fuck you blocked. Right. But in real life, I still have to at least try to appeal to their better natures. People's yeah. better natures. Right. And if they don't agree with me, say, Hey, I still respect you. I hope you'll think about it. That's all but I, I, I do. Mean, I, you know? I feel conflicted because yeah. I think, I, I won't engage with those people, but I do think, like, I also don't agree. Like, I feel like all this stuff that happens on, like, like these Milo bo- riots, all this stuff, I do feel like there should be dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like everyone should be allowed to talk. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that it it's like slippery slope like when you just want to shut down anyone with a different opinion like i don't support hate speech i don't support any of that stuff but i do think that like you can't just yell at everyone to shut up who doesn't agree with you because you're just going to end up giving them more power well and we're not ever talking about precedent anymore right it's like if it's okay for us to do this to these people then like you know what i mean like it just keeps getting worse and worse where it's like you know, it's going to be, tables are going to be turned, right? you right. know, like, and then they're going to be allowed to do X, Y, and Z to you. Like nobody ever thinks like that anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's really, it's just, I think it's so hard for people to be objective. Like people are so passionate and so in it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to step outside and be like, is this exactly what I think you're right? Do? No, I think you're absolutely right. And I think one of the things I've been asking liberal people I know lately is, Okay, I understand what you're saying. What's your end game here? Like with your current attitude about the way you're thinking about things, basically either the end game is civil war or a military coup. I'm like, do you want either of those things to happen? And if not... I I think that's a pretty reductionist view of it. I mean, no, I'm talking about the people with a previously reductionist view already. Like somebody who is so far um, hardline left and reactionary like Jonah's talking about where you're like, that person did what? Fuck you. Right Right off. Fuck you. This is us. This is them creating this line and creating this space. Mm -hmm. Those people. Um, Mm -hmm. And the problem I've been having with it is I I had the same thing on Twitter. I I would engage people all the time. Mm And I found it, I stopped doing it because my success rate was so low. Right. In seriously, like, in like, because you can't talk to people that are like, don't yeah, want to be talked to. In having yeah. like, there have been a few times on there that I had a very human exchange where I do feel like I got through to someone and someone got through to me and we're both in a better place because of it, right. at least in the grand scale politically. But, how few times that's happened mm. and how many times the opposite has happened has kind of created a, a thing where I want to stop trying, especially when I'm like trying to watch my kid or like be something like that. And I'm fucking half checking my Twitter mm. with some mm-hmm. asshole I've never mm-hmm. met before yeah, just, trying to convince them to be a better person. Right. I'm like, whoa, 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 stay here. Yeah. What do stay, I care? Stay in my place here because, because right. this person shouldn't mean this much to me. Right. And no is like a powerful choice that you can make every day. Like, right. no, I'm not going to spend time on this asshole. Cause like I got a kid or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a lot better stuff you could spend on. I mean, I, yeah, it's so... It's so hard because I have a lot of respect for different viewpoints. I think I have always kind of admired John McCain for different things. I disagree with him on almost everything, you know, but we both love this country for different reasons. 
And we both like think checks and balances are important, like stuff like that. Like, you know, my grandfather fought in World War II. Like, I owe him a tremendous debt of gratitude. And he's like a he was a seriously conservative person. But I knew that he was very consistent in his beliefs. That he believes in states' powers and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Stuff that's like, well, I don't know. I think like we should all be protected by the federal gut, blah, 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 whatever. You know, we disagreed. Mm -hmm. That's not what's going on at all. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's not. The two party system's like imploding on itself. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. And I think what's going on now, and I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of people from the left do I think what we're all doing, which is like, all right, we had this like reactionary period. Now, what the fuck is going on? Right. What's the actual best method? What's the the real path that you could take? Like, I'm not emotional anymore because I've been emotional mm-hmm. for so fucking long already mm-hmm. about this. As long as the campaign was going on mm-hmm. and now everything we have, now I'm I'm thinking rationally. I'm thinking practically. Like, yes. If I look hard enough, I'm going to find a fucking Nazi on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every morning I could go on there and within six swipes of an arrow, I could find a fucking Nazi if I wanted to. Mm. It's not that hard, you know, but is that actually yeah. going to do anything? Nazis existed the whole eight years Obama was there. You know, we were at war the whole time Obama was there. Like, I, the reason I brought this question up was because I feel like something like what UN does... Mm-hmm is maybe the best outlet these days and a bunch That's of interesting. Like, I mean, Jonah and I have had very different viewpoints on this in the last couple months, but in a way that I think is super positive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think like it, it actually sort of brings up what's great about a band like you and that like, it's not meant to be one person's mouthpiece forever where they get to like spout off their political views. Like we can pass it around a little and have some different viewpoints and stuff. Um, you know, I was feeling so demoralized by the sort of like Trump era that to me, like making another joke out of something that's already such a sick joke to me felt just, I just didn't have the spirit for it. And sure. Jonah and the rest of the guys are kind of like, now might be the most important time to do it like this. And so like, we've been experimenting with kind of like seeing how to express that and who's best expressing that. And, uh, I don't know. We're trying to do something that no, like, I don't can't think of another band that's ever done. Um, with having different singers and different viewpoints and passing the mantle back and forth. So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's super interesting. I, I don't know where we're landing on it yet. But. I don't either. I mean, I will I you know, like I said, like we raised like whatever a thousand dollars with that song in inauguration day. And it's like, it's cool, but I, I feel the same way you do. Like you're like, well, we shouldn't be doing Twitter. We should be raising actual funds. And then I'm like, yeah, we'll raise us money. But like these organizations are great, but is it going to really do anything? I know. Like, you know, like, I don't know where it goes. I don't, you know, like, I, I don't know. So I, the answer is like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, You yeah. can only do so much and then... I agree with you. Yeah, We're so far off the map, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, none of us have to know. We just all have to care and try, I feel like. Right. That sounds right. so corny, God. I can't believe well, it. Well, this, no, is, like, this is like me in therapy. <laughs> like, the therapist is like, well, this, this, this. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. What do I do about it? <laughs> right, like, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I know all these things I need to work, but like, how do you change that stuff? Like, I don't, it, I don't know. Well, and these are these are the parts that I think that that are interesting in the way that, like, you know, if you asked two years ago, if you asked most of the people you know, who's your who's your congressman, 
Who's your local representative? Right. When does your city council meet? Like, right. when do these things happen? What are they voting on this? What are they voting on that? Nothing. Who gives a shit? Nothing. Yeah. Which is probably the reason we're in this position, partially. And, yeah. like, the idea that people are re-engaged... That's beautiful, It's right? something, you know, it is something, like... I'm trying to find the hope in this. No, I think I you're mean, right. Also, I mean, I do think yeah. that there is like uh it's oh, the rest of us who've been so complacent about like, yeah, it sucks, but what can you do? It's politics. Like everybody's like, no, no, this isn't okay. Mm-hmm. We have to stand together. Like there's something about that. It's fucking amazing. You know, I was trying to fly on the day that all the protests were going on at the oh, airport. Wow. <laughs> I got stuck there 14 hours and my flight got canceled the end of the day. I was like ready to hang myself. But like, it was beautiful to see. Yeah. It didn't matter. It was so beautiful to see. Like people give a shit again. You know, that's something. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, thank you to Jeff for coming by. Um, obviously, uh, check out Thursday if they come through your town. Um, check out you can, Jeff is another band narcs. Jeff always has like 18 things going on. I would say the best way to to keep up with him is to follow him on Twitter. By the way, if you feel left out like you don't know half the bands that Jonah, Benny and Jeff talk about, you're not alone. Really? Do we talk about some obscure bands? You guys always like well, Benny and Jeff like go back oh, to like the Jersey, Jersey stuff. So yeah. they they list stuff and you're just like Yeah, I'm cool. I was there. <laughs> Steven knows. Stephen. Yeah. The Jersey <laughs> the Jersey punk scene is there's a lot there's a lot going on there and it's especially during that era um i i don't i mean even cleveland i didn't know who any of those bands were really so and i'm sure a lot of those bands today are like wow people are talking about us that's awesome yeah <laughs> it's pretty awesome um but yeah what else is awesome is giving us money that would be great uh if you want to give us money the easiest way is to go on venmo they're not going to take any fees out like those jerks at paypal yeah fuck those guys uh yeah exactly um <laughs> you can venmo us at off track uh, O-F-F-T-R-A-C-K and that'll go to Brad Worrell. Uh, shout out to Ed from Beach Slang. Thank you for donating 69 cents. Um, <laughs> that's, that's really helpful. <laughs> uh, 69, huh, Ed? <laughs> really, I'll remember that. See you at Riot Fest, my friend. Really nice. That's please. Really so if you see if you see Ed, the bass player in Beach Slang, uh, please give him shit uh, <laughs> about giving us 69 cents. Give him a very hard time. Um, just her... <laughs> <laughs> harass him uh you can throw stuff at him when he's playing uh just be a total jerk to him but but do it in a loving way if you we, want to be really specific say how how come you can't remember the bass line from want by jawbreaker i can play that bass line. yeah be very specific is that is, is that a reference to something you saw yeah, I went to see them, and they just played a whole bunch of Jawbreaker songs. I was like, oh, can he play Want? And then they played Boxcar, and he looked out and went, I'm sorry, I forgot the baseline. Come on, dude. Come on. Unprofessional. Um, but no, seriously, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Ed. We'll take any donation. My uh, God, we will. Thanks to everyone else who's donated. Um, you, if you don't have money, that's cool. You can leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends about the podcast. Um, subscribe. Subscribe. And thank you to Pulse Music. Pulse Music. Um on West 29th Street, um, if you want to do a session. For all your audio recording yeah, if needs. Yeah, if you think this podcast sounds good, um, wait till you see the studio. <laughs> I feel like I sound like Vanessa like doing a weird character. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, 
Thanks to <laughs> that's the it. most thanks, meta thing you've ever said. Thanks to Pulse. Thanks to Jeff. Thank you very much to Jeff for for being so candid and coming by and, and talking about you know all this. Oh my god, he talked about everything. All this stuff that you don't hear about that much. And we'll be back next week with some more great podcasts. So uh, yeah, keep listening. 